Hey, we're back. It's another episode of Conversations About God. This is David Bowden. Ryan McKenzie right here, and we killed Casey. So he's dead. We murdered him. We broke a commandment. Uh, actually, we didn't We didn't, we didn't, talk, kill we didn't him. talk about telling them that. Sorry. Well, it's out there now. Casey's so not here right now, and maybe he'll be back someday. We don't know. Well, what really happened is we're taking turns abandoning the podcast. So yeah. I abandoned it last week. He abandons it this week. Uh, he actually, made, he's just working really hard doing good things. So. He made me cry last week. It was not um, it was not fun. So if you guys don't like to see two men cry, then don't watch last week's podcast or listen to it. It's just not worth it because we cry a lot. It's right. awkward and weird now. So We're right. not doing that today. No. Okay? Just telegraph. We'll not cry today. All right? I will make you cry harder if you start crying. Okay, I'm good. All right. Um, we're going to get into 1 John um, chapter 4. Uh, if you have not checked out the sermon from Pastor Mark uh, at Northwest Church this last Sunday, um, Northwest Church Orlando has their own podcast platform with all the sermons on it, or you can go on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're watching this, and look at Northwest Church Orlando, pull up the last sermon. Pastor Mark's talking about 1 John chapter 4. And before you read that, uh, the Bible is divinely inspired, mm-hmm. written to ancient people mm-hmm. for us. It's good. So you know, I heard somebody say this. I was listening to a, a, a talk about the the authority of Scripture. It's kind of off topic, but I like this. Um, and he said, "There's one version in the is it King James says that the Bible's divinely inspired, and another version says it's God breathed. And they're both true, but in, in in our current language, inspired makes you feel like I've been inspired from the inside, and I've got this great revelation from God, and it's more on us." Or if you think about God breathing it into us or breathing it out, like it's like it's from him and it's his word. It's kind of a cool way to look at like inspired versus God breathed. Like they both mean the same thing, but I think our current language and culture has taken the word inspired from like literally meaning like I think it's from breath and has turned it into like this like inward self-help kind of a word. Like I'm inspired, so then I'm going to do something, but... God inspired it. God has moved in it. Not just, it's a neat way to think about it, I think. Um, now that we're off topic and we're talking about things that we didn't say we were going to talk about, we're going we're gonna to read in here. Um, we're going to talk about 1 John chapter 4, specifically verse 13 through 21 today. How do you know if you have the Holy Spirit? How do you know if someone else has the Holy Spirit? What do you do if you're friends with somebody and you're like, I'm concerned about you because I think we've had those kind of friendships. What do you do if... Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff we're going to get into with sure. what does it look like to really be a Christian, I think, is kind of the heart of this of John's message here, and he's kind of coming to the end of it in, in this chapter. So I'm going to read this, and then we'll, yeah. we'll dive in. All right, so we're looking at verse uh, 1 John chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 13 to 21. And before you read it, I want to pray. Let's pray. All right. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, you wrote you are the, the author ultimately of this book and you wrote this book to ancient people and you wrote it for our benefit. Lord, I, th- I thank you that your word is alive and moving today. We ask that the Holy Spirit would bring out the truth of this scripture so that we're not just reading it and making our best guesses at it, but yep. that you would bring us, guide us into the truth. In That's Jesus' good. name, amen. Amen. All right, First John four thirteen. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. 
And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. Do you confess that he's the Son of God? He's the Son of God. All right, me too. Mm -hmm. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. There's a lot of abiding going on here. Mm. Living in him, essentially, is what abides means. By this, by this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he does not love his brother whom he has not. Whoa. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So there's some pretty big statements in here. You know, there's there's a confession, mm -hmm. right? There's some the how do we know is there's a confession that Jesus is the Son of God. You're not fighting that. You're, yeah. Yep. I accept that claim of Jesus, and then it moves into um, a relational description that you're abiding with them, you're interacting with Him, uh, that kind of a thing, and then it leads into a there's no fear. Like you think about the end of your life, and you wonder is God gonna put me in hell it's like if that's still a question in your mind that's that's a that's something to go well that's not the effect that living with god has that yeah. you can still have fear of that question that should be settled yeah yeah right so i, I kind of just see that flowing out of an acceptance and then a living with flows into the the how you live afterwards i got a question about love so we've, we've talked about this a little bit. Actually, in kids' church videos, in kids' church, we've talked about like how to know what real love is. But I think this is, like, we talked earlier about like being inspired versus breathed and like how our culture kind of changes words. Like it's really, it says, if anyone, where is it? The, and this is the ESV. Yeah, English Standard Version. Um, it said, if you are... Whoever abides in love abides in God. So whoever loves, whoever lives full of love, whoever's in love is in God. So the question I had when I was first becoming a Christian, I remember coming to group and, and hearing this verse and saying, okay, well, I know a lot of people that love people, but they're not Christians. Like my mom and dad love each other, but they're not Christians. Um, or at that time, actually they got divorced, so I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but there's a lot of people that that love other people, that love things that are loving people. Have affection for... That's the question. So this is the question, is what what is... How are we just taking love at, like, the world's definition of love? Or it, there's obviously a bigger standard here. So one side of it, how do we know what that really means? Like, abiding in love means you're in God. And the other side of it, what if you struggle to love people? What does that look like? So maybe we can dive into one than the other, but, like... Those are my two big thoughts mm. on love. So when I think of love, there's all kinds of rabbit holes we can go down. Sure. But I think love has to be tied to truth. So love doesn't always feel good. Love doesn't always mean that your feelings are 
you know, connected to it or on the same like it agrees with truth mm-hmm. sometimes my feelings don't agree with truth right like feelings of love and affection all that kind of gets muddied but true real love is mm-hmm. connected to objective truth like it's true for example um, so you may not feel like you're being loved when the mm-hmm. doctor is cutting you open to remove something from your body that's hurting you it causes pain to your body right so, but he is doing the true thing which is a loving thing to sustain your life by removing an organ that's going bad this happened to pastor mark he had a gallbladder that was dead and it was hurting him right you had your appendix i was in pain and you were on lots of drugs and it was fun to see that but um it was a loving thing for them to hurt your body to then take it out okay so i look at even things that we are called to do to, in order as Christians to love somebody else, yeah, yeah. we will sometimes say very hard things that hurt for other people to hear, but it is good and loving for us to do so. That doesn't mean go and intentionally say yeah, it in so a way to, that hurts. To further that analogy, the doctor doesn't just say, oh, you need your appendix removed and just stab you and rip it out. Like he's, he gets consent. You get, uh, well, they numb the area, right? They maybe knock you out yeah. first. They, like, and they, they, they don't just leave it open. They sew you back up. So it's not just like... They give you medicine to go home with so when there's pain afterwards. Like they're like, I think that's a really cool analogy because otherwise you're like, we got to remove that arm. It's bad. They yeah. just cut it off with a machete. That's no good, right? Like, but like they're going about it the right way matters a ton. A lot. So, it matters greatly because how about how about if I don't have um, an open door to talk to somebody about it? Mm-hmm. Let's say I mean you you were actually a disciple of mine at one point. Sure. Right. Like a direct. Like I was right, yeah. from from your beginning of your faith to growing you, and you gave me permission to call you out on things. I remember the day we were like best friends, and I remember the day being like, "Hey, Dave, you probably already saw this coming." And one, but I was like, I, "I can't just be your friend anymore. Like I need to grow closer to Jesus. So can you actually start telling me harder stuff and not just worry about hurting my feelings?" It was a conversational like that. I was yeah. like. I still want to be a friend, but I really need this more. So will you actually like help me with that yeah. rather than just be my buddy? You know, and that was a cool, that was a hard thing to say, I think, and a hard thing in a conversation to have. But it was, it's, it's brought us even closer together yeah. in, in the long run, which is really cool. And I, so truth and love and like doing a hard thing. If we go back in, in chapter three of First John, he says, this is how we know what love is that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So even more often than doing a hard thing for somebody else, I would say I mean, that, that's important. But just as much important maybe is that we're doing the hard thing ourselves. Like mm-hmm. if I'm not showing that I love God, then I'm not. I'm going to be very confused on what love is to others. Sure. Right? So if I if I'm not doing the hard thing myself and denying myself of something that's tempting me, something that I struggle with, or just putting myself under authority or like actually under discipline for a specific purpose that God has for me, then it's going to be very confusing to me. Those times that I've had like, everything is love. It's all good. Let's just have fun. And like, it gets confusing to like, well, why not them? Because they say they love people and why not him? And why not her? It's all, well, you get into relationship issues, you get into friendship issues because why would you ever do anything that hurts someone else, hurts their feelings, or ruins a relationship in any way? Because 
you don't know why. You don't, there's no there's no substance to why, and you haven't experienced it yourself. But if you put the blade on yourself and said, "No, this is not right. I need to cut this out," you felt the pain, so you know how not to uh, hurt someone else that bad with it. But you know how important it is to actually put yourself under that too. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, um, I I can't get away from the fact that love has to be connected to truth. Yeah. Right. Because God is love and the source of all truth, right? So that they find their connection point in God, to me, makes all the sense in the world. Which is why also, I think when you think of uh, even definitions of love, uh, you think of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, right? Where where Paul is describing what is love, right? And then you think of um, elsewhere where Paul describes the fruit of the Spirit, it's like the, he's saying the same thing. Like God is this, and the fruit of Him being in your life produces this, and those those descriptors are the same. Yeah. Like the fruit of the Spirit in when He's describing love, That's good. right? Like those two kind of come together there, and so I go, all right, to love my brother, I lay my my life down for him, which doesn't necessarily mean that I die physically. Like Casey did. I could, yeah. Casey yeah. died. We killed him <laughs> for your benefit. Um, I really, I really hope he's still alive when this he, podcast airs. That'd be really awkward. It would be strange. Oh so, man, Lord, be... sustain that life. <laughs> um, but laying your life down means also saying, "I love this person. I have to have a difficult conversation." Yeah. When my feelings would rather me just not have the conversation and go about my daily task yeah. and not cause drama and not have this friction, but love demands I go. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, if if you didn't if you didn't have that view, you would absolutely hate the scriptures where John the Baptist comes out of the wilderness and calls everybody to repent. Right. <laughs> they didn't want to be told to repent. Creepy they didn't John want the Baptist to be called. In the wilderness, eating right? locusts and honey, you know, coming out, you know, bird or not birds, um, birds, bug, bug wings birds. in his teeth, and he's saying, "You gotta repent." But well, we don't know that he didn't like actually clean his teeth. I, I'm it didn't say he did. <laughs> All right, so this reminds absence me. Absence of, of evidence is not evidence of absence. What? What? Okay. Exactly. Um, I have no This idea. reminds me of something kind of unrelated, like normal. Um, there was a study that they did. They they, they did it out there. Wow. These Thank people. you, they. Um, and it was it was kids that played them. Kids that played Call of Duty or a third person shooter game online, versus kids who played airsoft. And like in person, live, like shoot yourself with little BBs, shoot other people with little BBs and stuff, right? And so they, 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 they we found do that on the podcast. I think we should like just okay. take shots, just trade back and just how how much can you take? Just pop right in the arm. Right. But they found the the kids who played in person airsoft, actually shooting real guns and real plastic or rubber or metal pellets at each other, had more mercy than those and more empathy than those playing online because online you respawn right away there's no pain you're back in the game you go you go you go that's the theory in person you know the sting of it yourself it's like i don't want to get shot from three feet away because that hurts like crap because i've had it happen to me and so your point of the truth in love is like you need to know as if we're going to call somebody else out on it like it's ever like remove the plank from your own eye first right but it doesn't say don't call someone else. It just says make sure you know what you're doing. And if we, if we felt the sting of it ourselves and we've come under the, the blade or come under the, the, the BB ourselves and it's hurt, we're not just going to go around shooting people like, hey, you're wrong and you're wrong and you're, you need to stop. Right. You need to change. Like, but like, no, this actually, I understand this is hard and I've been fasting and praying for you and I care about you. 
because I actually know the other side of it is so much better than staying in it. I need to talk to you about it, yeah. right? But if you're just in theory by yourself, like playing online, third person shoot, like that's kind of like reading the Bible and never talking to anybody. Is you're just playing around with, hey, look at all this stuff. Everybody else needs to do this. Rather than like, man, I'm putting myself sure. under it first. Then I can go talk to people about it. Even yeah. if I'm not perfect, I can still, I know the weight of it. So I'm not just going to dump it on somebody. You know? Right. And I've we've had this saying in our church before, rules minus relationships. Rules minus relationship equals rebellion. Right? So you have All to, starts with R, so it's got to be true. Right? Exactly. I think that's, Three R's. Yeah. You can live okay. by that. I think so. <laughs> it's good though. That's a good uh, thought. In all of that category of life. <laughs> Um, but if, if all I have is I'm calling you out, right? Let, let's talk about it. Radishes and rabbits equals radical. Um, Sorry, this is a good point and I'm ruining it. You are. You are and I forgive you. See? Relationship. Um, if, if I saw something in your life, and I'm sure I could find something that I could critique. Dare you. No, okay. don't, please don't do right it. Um, I could I could look at Ryan's life and go, there's something in your character that is needing attention. Mm-hmm. You'd be able to receive it from me because we've we've got a relationship that yeah. you can trust that I have your best interest in mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's something to consider when you go calling anybody out mm-hmm. and trying to be bring love, truth and love to that person, right? You have to go, all right, where am I? I think the question is to go, where am I are we connected or is there is there yeah, a chasm yeah. between us? And I want to, before I level a critique, I want to bring that that connection point of our relationship closer before I go bringing out a hammer. That's cool. So I 100% agree with that. And it just made my mind jump back to what you said about John the Baptist, which I'm like, I think there are also moments in history yeah. and in our lives where God's like, go say this to that person. Yeah. I don't have a relationship. It's like, but it... So we're Coming talking, out of, it's two different, two different categories. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking when I was saying that I'm thinking in terms of discipleship relationships yes. Yes, yes, yes. and people that you live in a community with. I've seen more fruit and that's more effective in the long run Definitely. from what I've seen. But I think there are also times when God's either just wanting you to go do it or yeah. he raises someone up like a John the Baptist or a prophet or an evangelist just to say, mm-hmm. here's the deal people sure. and it needs to change. And it convicts a heart and people can change. But if that's not followed yeah. up with relationship, Correct. then they're going to rebel from that, that conviction. They're not, they're going to run away from it. I think that's so even if the person who's maybe you watched a really great YouTube video, maybe you listen to a great podcast and you're like, you don't know the two guys talking at all, but they're just saying brilliant stuff. Maybe they're having a conversation about God and they're if just saying, that if only that thing, you know. <laughs> but you're convicted and like, like, man, I'm going to change. I'm going to live differently, but you don't actually go, and get in line and in life with somebody else, then I don't see that lasting very long. Yeah. Per- personally, I, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen it last very long, right. unless there's a relationship there. That's that's huge. I like those answers. That's, that's cool. So, other side of it, what if you struggle to love somebody? Like he's saying, you need to abide in love. Mm-hmm. Like then go back to abiding in God. You, you, if you're struggling to love people, and like that's not there for you then to me, the answer is time with the Lord. Like, go back to your devotional time. Mm-hmm. So seek him on the matter. Go change my, I don't love people. I'm, I actually hate my brother. And I see this is wrong. Change my heart, mm-hmm. right? So I, to me, it all flows out of that. Because he says at the very beginning, confess that Jesus is the Son of God and then abide in him. Like, And then, then only after those two things are in place does the loving your brother 
and, and showing like other fruits of being in the spirit, do they come out? That's right? good. And it's, it's, that's why you can't just work on being more patient, being more kind, more, more, uh, long suffering, all of these things that we see in the fruit of the so spirit. So there's, there's a debate with that though. Like, cause you technically can work on those things. Mm-hmm. Like I was even talking to some guys the other day and we got into like a disagreement where we're talking through like, you could work on being more patient or growing in a certain area. Mechanically, yes. Mechanically. So what is the difference in saying like, okay, because I've done that before mm-hmm. and I felt like I'm getting better at this. But then like the second I stopped focusing on it, I go back to my natural state of impatience or angry or whatever, mm-hmm. saying unkind things, you know. So what's the difference in that versus what you're talking about like... Right. Having it grow through through time with God. So this I completely stole from Tim Keller. Okay. Tim Keller is a, a very brilliant Bible teacher, pastor, and he said there are two ways that you can you can actually show growth in areas. He goes mechanical growth or organic growth. He goes, you can in, in he goes, you can throw let's take patience for example. You can put a lot of effort in your own emphasis on being more patient and becoming disciplined and being patient and he goes it's like throwing bricks into a corner and it the pile grows but it's not interconnected it's not complicated it's not um growing together it's not a stable thing Mm -hmm. he goes where you think of plant life organic growth the root systems of a plant goes down it becomes it gets greater. It's got more connection point. It actually is stronger than the just pile of bricks, mm-hmm. and it's healthier. So you can focus on. You can just take one category of your life, focus on it, and be on the surface very disciplined. But it doesn't mean that it's long lasting discipline or patience or kindness or long suffering. So he goes the the stuff that will last through a storm or through hard times. Yeah, yeah. That will really show you what's been happening under the surface organically. The thing that fuels that organic growth is time with Jesus. I like that. And I I think that is absolutely wisdom. Yeah, I love that because to me, the way I've I've always, maybe not always, but the way I've recently thought about this is the fruit of the Spirit are really great markers to say, okay, am I actually spending time with Him? Or is my time with Him actually real? Or am I just going through the motions? Because if I don't see those things growing in me, not that you have to be perfect in all of them, if I don't see them growing, um, maybe some grow faster than others. Maybe some, but if, if it's some regard, they're not actually changing and growing, it's it's a red flag to say, are you actually following the God you say you follow? Right. Are you actually getting into spending time with Him? Are you actually getting into His Word and enjoying Him and abiding in Him and letting Him abide in you? Um, so John says something in here about... Um, I lost it. I had it and then I lost it. But he talks about how we can know that um, whoever's abiding in God is because they abide in the Spirit. Because they are in His Spirit. So what does that mean? And how can you know if you are with the Spirit? And I'll give you a second to think about that. We can talk about it. Because my first thought on it is it's it's easy to say, okay, I'm going to say my prayers. And I'm going to say, God, thank you for this day. God, please bless me today. Bless my family. Help me love you. Thank you for loving me. Read a Bible verse and go on. Like, that's not bad, right? But, like, to me, that's very different than, like, a relationship with the Holy Spirit where it's, like, 
we're in this together. He's actually living in me. I'm living in him. So what? Yep. How do you so reconcile those differences? I see an example in marriage, right? Okay. So I married Aslan, and some of the things that she's interested in. Is it y'all's anniversary? Like today? Right today? Now. It's right now. He's doing a podcast on his anniversary. We need to get out of here. This is done. We're done. We're, See you guys later. I quit. Not my marriage, but the podcast. No. I'm grateful. So this is this is cool because on the day you got married, it was the day that I was like, "Yes, God, I need, I need this." So and 15 stuff years ago, changed in my heart. Yeah. All right, that goes right in line with what I was going to say. So, um, when you marry somebody, you start to take on some of their passions, yeah. some of the things that are interesting to them. They're now interesting to you. And so it's similar with God, where uh, one of the evidences that I'm abiding in him Mm -hmm. is that the things he loves, I love. The things he hates, I hate. Like I start to develop this this Mm -hmm. love and passion for, like my passions and desires change. That's good. Like in, and he gets very clear in the scriptures as to what that looks like. Yeah. So like if I woke up every morning and just said bye to my wife, I made money for her. I put, you know, brought, went shopping for her. And took care of the kids, changed diapers, like got them ready for school. Did did all the things and checked all the boxes and said, "Look, we have a house, we have food, we have money. The kids are well taken care of." Like on the outside, it all looks really good, but we never actually talk. Mm-hmm. We never actually share our passions with each other. We never actually get passionate with each other. You know, we never actually like live life together and know each other more than anyone else knows each other. Yeah. That's a crappy marriage, actually. Yeah. You know, like so it can look really good, and you could be, I could be growing my business mechanically. I can be making my kids more disciplined, and so I'm kind of relating that to the fruit of the spirit. Like I could be working on all these things, and it looks really good, but if I don't have like an intimate relationship with my wife, eventually all that stuff's going to crumble at some yeah. point. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've seen that happen firsthand, and. Marriages fall apart wow. and families get broken up, and so well, that's. I that's, said firsthand, not in my life, but in very people's right. lives close to me. Sure. Yeah. So it's. So I think that the the marriage wow. analogy is is helpful in seeing that, and I can't help but go back to the fruit of the spirit. Like all of those things grow equally at the same time because it's the fruit of the spirit is not describing multiple different kinds of fruit. It is they are descriptors of one fruit. And if that one fruit is growing healthy, then it produces all at the same pace, hmm. right? So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of that long suffering, all of that is growing at the same pace. Now, yeah. the only way that that grows in a person is spending time with the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, right? Those spending time with God is how that grows. And then out of that overflow, you will love your brother by going and saying difficult things to him and also encouraging him when he's discouraged or meeting his needs. And he can be anybody on this earth. Your brother can be anybody on this earth. And if you see... Are you saying he can be a she? (laughs) Everybody's male. No. Um, It's a man's world. No. All right. So I like this thought. Um, I think it's easy to struggle against that thought because not... I think it's easy to take what you just said and say, okay, well, my whole life is not growing perfectly, so I must not know the Spirit. But, like, I, th- I don't know that I agree with you all the way. I agree with the organic. I agree that he will grow it in you. I believe I agree that spending time with him is what grows it. I don't know that I agree that it all grows at the same time together. So I think it can, but I think that it, it does and will. 
It doesn't work. But I, I think that God will grow it in you as you need it, and he'll grow it in you as you spend time with him, and even as you give the opportunity. So if, I'm, if I know I suck at patience, so I, I just never get in a situation where I have to be patient because I'm terrified of it, then I'm kind of like quenching, what's, this, what's the word I'm like looking for there? Suppress. Like suppressing the spirit, saying, I'm, 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 I want to be comfortable. I don't want to work on the thing. I get angry, so I'm going to do everything that just doesn't make me angry. I, I get impatient, so I'm going to do things that doesn't make me impatient. I'm just going to do the stuff that I'm comfortable with. So like, I might be taking that too far because maybe I just need to dive into God more. But I think he will grow it as he wants to rather than like the whole thing. But that is a moment where you can dive into God right then and there. And it's not mechanical. If you go into your too. own strength, yeah. then it's mechanical. And you are you are creating a lesser... As I'm talking, patience. I'm realizing I agree with you more. As I said that. But I do think it doesn't have to happen at the same time. But you, or even if it does, you'll notice it in different waves or chunks rather than like everything's getting better. Like it's just there is a growth and a pruning and a growth and a pruning in our mm-hmm. life. And it can feel like I'm not getting better at times, but God's actually stirring stuff up underneath and like tilling up the soil underneath that works to, to produce more growth. So the fruit of the spirit being in my life does, I think, produce things at the same pace us out here looking in it can like okay. uh, Ryan's got a, an issue with struggling with patience uh, but he's got um, but he loves his neighbor and all this stuff like yeah we, but you didn't we, know me before mm-hmm. if you didn't know me before you might look like I really struggle with this this and this but you're like no actually those are the things that have been the biggest change because like that's that's really neat to think about so I I'm okay with being disagreed with on that matter yeah. but I think that they do all grow at the same pace but we, from outside looking in, don't don't always know that this could be counterfeit and this. Could I think be this is an ultimate issue. We need to we need to um, hash out right now, and it's a, a really determined salvation. Okay, let's, let's do it. Let's no. do it. But all right, on the matter, um, there's counterfeit peace. You sure. can you can have like peace in your life, and you're not a frustrated person because you have designed a world around your life because of your ability to make money or draw friends in and all this stuff. You have like peace. Yeah. But once your ability to make money and your friends turn on you, where's your peace? If you are deriving it from your ability to create peace, it will fall away and you don't have genuine peace. But you worked at it. You worked at, at getting the things that gave you peace, but it's counterfeit peace. Yeah. Right? God gives you genuine peace no matter the circumstance. That's good. So that's why I say things can be mechanically fashioned to look like you have these things and they're not the genuine article and the genuine article grows all together. So uh, this is way off topic maybe, but I don't even know that obviously we want the genuine article, but I don't even know the mechanical It involves growth. you working though. Yeah. But yeah, you're not Makes just going to lay down in your bed and be like, give me all the fruit. Right. Like that's not you actually spending time with God. If you've actually spent time with God, there's a quote, I maybe have said this on here before, but there's a quote by Francis Chan that just stuck with me because it said, if, if God made everything, like the universe, the solar system, the stars, the moon, the earth, you, me, this phone right here that we're using to record this, this mic, if he made all the stuff in the world and brought it to where we could use it or see it, whatever, that God that controls everything, that made everything, when we say we believe in Jesus and we ask the Holy Spirit to enter us, he actually says, okay, I'll come and make my home inside of you. If something doesn't change then maybe you're God because you're stronger than he is. <laughs> or more likely, maybe that 
I'm not going to say it wasn't a real conversion, but like maybe you were suppressing him or maybe maybe you just said a prayer or said a thing because you thought you were supposed to rather than because you really had a real moment with him and we need to have a real moment with him because if the God who made everything comes and lives inside of a person and there's not a change. That's a problem. That's a problem, right? That, that is an, to me, that's evidence that the Spirit's not with you and if the Spirit's not with you, then you don't abide in God and you don't abide in love that you don't have all these things that God that John is talking about. It's a very real possibility that there are a lot of false converts out there. A lot of people that think that they're Christians. Say this prayer. Right. Do these things. Check Absolutely. all the boxes. You've manufactured your life, and it looks good. In fact, it's not just possible; it is the case. I was that, like right. to be honest, like I, that was me. Yes. Like for years, we were friends, and I'm like, yeah, I'm a Christian. People would ask me, why are you a Christian? I remember at a Taco Bell in middle school or high school, somebody asked me, I was being an idiot, doing something stupid, and this guy's like, you got a shirt that says you're a Christian. I had like some Christian camp shirt on. He's like, what makes you a Christian? I was like, I don't know. I'm a good person. I believe in God. So there you go. Yeah. And like, There's nothing about Jesus dying for me, me surrendering to him, him being raised from the dead, the spirit alive in me. Nothing. I had no thoughts of that. It was just all about me being good and what I, what I was good at. And it's just the Bible's pretty clear that's not what makes a Christian. And even the demons believe in God and right. shudder at him, but they don't actually surrender to him. Right. Wow. Some some just think, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts a little bit, but like what is it like to like hear from the Holy Spirit and things like that? Yeah. And it's kind of tied into this a little bit. It's like, do you ever when you read some scripture just go you don't you get cut to the heart and go, Oh man. Like it, it, it's, it draws something out of you or yes. it demands or is, you in. You know. Or is it just learning because I didn't want to learn this, right? right. Or is it just, not, not that you can't learn, but you know. Or these moments where you're like, I really feel this impression to go talk to this person and, and pray with them. And it's like, that's the Holy Spirit in you calling you to go do a thing. You know, like so, a, those, those are just some things that I can pick out. One. One, one more question, I think, and we can wrap this up. Is living with the Spirit and like actually surrendering to, to the Holy Spirit. Um, my example earlier about like if you're just saying a prayer and just reading a verse and thinking like my, and checking all the boxes, that, that mechanical manufactured life of a, of a Christian, whatever. Um, it took me actually like basically hanging out with you all the time, seeing Pastor Mark, being around guys. Like I didn't know. I just assume. I think we just assume what it means to live in the spirit. We just assume what it means to, to follow God, but like seeing someone else do it, being around them, like how did you go from, I don't know what to do, <laughs> praying or living in the spirit to like, this is my normal life. Like what did that look like? Cause I don't know that you can just, I mean, I'm sure you can read the Bible and, and get it and understand, see what's happening, but I don't think you can just get it on your own. You know, I think yeah. he's made us, Unless you are on your own on a desert island and there's no other way, I think he will provide it a way for you, right? But like, if he's put people in your life, there's people in your life for a reason. Yeah, a community. The, what brought me to the point where I am today is God using a community. God interacting with me one-on-one mm-hmm. and also through other people. Uh, and he calls us to be disciples. Jesus mm-hmm. said, go make disciples. He didn't say, go make converts. That's good. He didn't say, go make Christians. He said, go make disciples. Hmm. So I got saved and there was a little bit of a journey before discipleship. But when discipleship hit, that's when I really was like started growth. And my my walk with God became even more vibrant, like in, in, in more, more real and 
more repentance even takes place. So to me, discipleship is indispensable to an authentic Christian life. Hmm. So I, I Cause otherwise you just make up like your, your prayers are just could very easily just check the box. But like, I guess you could do it either way. I could just copy somebody and thinking I'm doing it, but like to learn and to see someone else be moved by the Holy Spirit, to learn to see someone else surrender their will or like repent. Like, oh wow. Like, yeah, I, I didn't know that was possible. I didn't know this could happen. I, I want that too. It, puts a, it sparks a desire in you for God in a bigger Definitely. way when you see somebody else. And I'm, I'd sit across the table from uh, a, another man that's being discipled in the same group that I'm in, and I get to hear him say, "This is what I'm struggling with," and, mm-hmm. and this is, or or this is what I've seen God come through in victory in my life. And I go, "I want that." Yeah. And it would it would cause me to want to lean more into that lean experience. In. Lean on in. Just, this episode brought to you by leaning in. I'm leaning into this microphone so you can hear this baritone. And so when I would see that in my brother across the table from me, I'd go, I want that. And that, I would not have had that desire to experience what he's experiencing unless I was in a, a room where he brought it up. Because my mind wasn't on that thing. That's good. So I think that's important for anybody who wants to grow to find a community of people that can say, both encouraging and discouraging yeah. uh, hard truths. Like when you're down and they can lift you up or when you're, you're, you're high and mighty on yourself, then they can go, whoa, come back down to earth. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. If you don't have that, that's a problem. That's big. That's big. That's good, guys. Um, any final thoughts on what we're doing here? The Holy Spirit and abiding in God? I think it's good to revisit what our abiding looks like. Be honest with yourself. Go, have I been? And then do an immediate change to that and, and, and go back to what does God want me, what does he want me to do hmm. when it comes to abiding with him? And let him have his say, let him speak. And then it's inevitably going to propel you to go and love your brother or your sister. And you ought to do that immediately. I like that. I think a big question for me would be, are you actually being discipled? Are you, if, if you say that you're living in God, if you're saying that you're abiding in Christ, if you say you have the Holy Spirit, are you actually being a disciple? Because that's, that's how this whole thing works, right? So not just, I go to a, a small group where I just kind of sit there and we talk about stuff, but like, are you actually going and seeking out discipleship and saying, I need help with this. Can you help me? I, not, I, I yeah. Are you actually seeking out discipleship for yourself um, that, that shows to me that shows either desperation or maturity right like and both are not bad like I want more of God or I just need some more help like those are great places to be um, if it leads us to Christ so do it for yourself are you seeking out discipleship are you abiding in Christ do you actually have that in your life do it see you.